behind me, and if you don't have your Bible, then you can stand, stand with us, and if you got it, shout, I got it, amen. Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, uh, the verse, beginning at verse 1, it says, and it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered, somebody shout registered, the census. The first took place, rather, while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone in his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David, which was called Bethlehem, <clears throat> because it was the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was <clears throat> that while they were there, the days were complete for her to deliver. Somebody shout, it was time for her to give something. And she brought forth her firstborn and wrapped him in swaddled clothing and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. I want you to find uh, three people, and the word of the Lord is blessed. Find three people, and I want you to just tell them I'm available. Y'all didn't sound very available when you said it. So find three more people and tell them I'm available. I'm available. I'm here. So, Father, I do bless you and, and the honor is yours and the power belongs to you. And in this, in this moment, we hallow our hearts as we hallow this building. And we hallow the space around us, that we would hear your voice, that we would respond in kind, that your kingdom might move forward, and that this holiday season, this Christmas, would not just be anyone, it wouldn't just be like the others, but God, there would be a crowning of the last decade of our lives. And we'd say thank you. And we'd say we appreciate you. We'll say look at what the Lord has done. So Father, I pray for an anointing that makes preaching easy. An anointing that makes receiving the word of God simple. An anointing, God, that moves thoughts from heart to heart, from mind to mind, so that our lives will be transformed. And I bless you for that now. In the matchless name of Jesus Christ. And let all God's people say amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Smile at somebody. Tell them it's just church. Just church. It's good to see you here. It's good to see you. Uh, sometimes the holidays are either the easiest messages you'll preach as a pastor or they're the most difficult message you'll preach as a pastor. These are the stories that have been told so many times. It's very difficult to creatively tell them too many more ways. Um, I've learned that as it relates to some of the uh, most profound Christian holidays, uh, there is not a whole lot of creativity that has to be added just to make the story good. Things like Easter or what we call Resurrection Sunday, so-called Easter. It's not a whole lot that you can add to make that a good story. It's a pretty good story as the believer, uh, the crescendo of our faith is that he rose from the dead. So 
There are not many ways you can flip that story and turn that story. Such is the same with Christmas. It's not a whole lot of different ways <clears throat> that you can turn and flip Christmas. It's the birthing of our Savior. In order for him to die, he had to be born. In order for there to be a happy ending, there had to be a beginning. And that probably is a part that I can challenge somebody with that's got stuff in their spirit. There cannot be that ending you see if there's not a beginning. So it's time to start what God has put in your spirit. So there's only a handful of ways that you can tell the story. But one thing that I have learned that as I have studied the word of God is that the story not only gets interesting to me because of the power that is connected through the anointing on the word of God, but also as we study the scriptures and we study context for the scripture, we learn that the story that we have been told is not always as accurate as the story happened in scripture we have an idea of the story running through our minds that is not congruent with what happened in the scripture and because of that it becomes an interesting story as we understand context somebody shout context you should always strive to get context for everything and for anything. If you're going to hear a story or believe a story or tell a story, you should try to get context because context will help you understand and frame what the picture that's being painted to you. And the ideas that surround Christmas are ideas that, are, are, uh, uh, that have this a much more lofty and fluffy story than the scripture shows us that it really was. You have to first take yourself out of North America when you think about Christmas. You have to move yourself out of North America, North American context when you consider the story of Jesus being born, the idea of Jesus being born, the idea of there being a birthing of a Savior into the world. If your idea is, is snow and this a man coming down your chimney in a red jacket in some kind of way Jesus knows him and he knows Jesus and there is a connection between Jesus and American uh, I'm not, I didn't mean that there's this connection between Jesus and Americanism then you will not understand the context of the story it is critical that we understand this and I tell all my Bible studiers this regularly to really understand the Bible it would do you more good to understand Eastern context than Western context it would do you more it would be to your advantage to understand in the Eastern context Middle Eastern context and not just Western context is that God moves in our West but he was born in the cultural context of the Middle East and you can't separate him and make him American so that we can make the Christmas story fit our Sunday programs the reality of Jesus' birth is that it didn't happen in December at all probably happened in April, May-ish the reality of Jesus' birth is that it probably wasn't winter time. There was no snow. It would have happened in the springtime where there would not have been much snow. The idea of, of things that are running through your mind right now, swaddling clothing. Swaddling had nothing to do. We swaddled our babies last night, and we do probably financially better than Jesus was doing when he was here on earth. Swaddling was not an indicator of his social economic space. Swaddling did not mean strips and rags. It just meant wrap the baby up. 
they put them in wrap the baby up clothes. That's swaddling clothing. Amen to Jesus. That could have been as nice as the scarf you have on your lap or around your neck or the jacket. It was just, they just wrapped the baby up. They called it swaddling clothing. This is the clothes we put on babies. It had nothing to do with how poor or how wealthy uh, Jesus was or was not or Joseph was or was not. The, the, the no room in the end, the idea of the no room in, in the end did not necessarily mean that Jesus went from from hotel to hotel because there were no Hiltons back then and there was no uh, y'all ain't talking back to me I know we got this idea that there's a row of hotels that he goes to and they trying to get a room and they can't get a room in each of the ends and uh, an inn would not have been a uh, it would not have been in the first century desert an inn would not have been a hotel an inn would have been an extra room on a person's house and they didn't necessarily live uh, uh, in, in neighborhoods the way you and I perceive there to be neighborhoods. There would be clusters of settlings. And then there would be miles of desert and clusters of, of settlements. And miles of desert and clusters of settlements. And then miles of desert and clusters of settlings. And these settlings could be very elaborate. They could be as elaborate as some of the ruins that we see in the Middle East or in Greece or in Rome to this day. Or they can be as shanty as, uh, as tents. But they are clusters of people that have settled and have done life this way. I'm going to make your Bible come to life in a second. Because they had to travel from place to place, long stretches with no, uh, with no watering oasis, no str long stretches with no place to, to lodge, long stretches with no place to buy supplies. God put it in the laws that they would be accommodating to one another because they would have because when a stranger came they were generally coming from a very long distance a stranger wasn't just coming from around the corner and show up at your house and God says well if a stranger comes take care of him and and love on him and let him sleep in your house that wasn't the 21st the, that's the 21st century mentality the first century mentality is this guy just came with his whole family on two camels walking and he had to walk he had to put his pregnant wife his mama and his, his and they had to do walking for 20 30 40 miles as a stretch the bible would call it a day's journey a three days journey a stretch of time and when that person shows up and asks for some water don't be acting like you high and sadidi and all high might he says you take those persons and bring them in and give them respite so what people would do is they would just build an extra room on their house or they'd have an extra room in their dwelling and that was called an inn an inn this is an inn this was the same room that the prophet uh, would come and he would stay, I believe it was Elijah would come and he would stay at the woman and her husband's house because he blessed their house so much that they wanted him around and they told him, we'll just build an extra room on the house so when you come and sojourn in our community, you can stay with us. You don't have to be all in our space and we don't have to be in your space and we can be a good neighbor to one another and we can honor God. So this, these are the places that that were already full they were full they were when you show up they nobody had space nobody had room can I help you understand this story a tad bit more because we're going to dig into availability in a second somebody shout availability 
we're going to dig into availability. The, the issue about there not being room in the end had nothing to do with them rejecting Jesus. There was no cognizant understanding that this was the Savior. The Bible says that the, the, the governor, Caesar rather, Caesar decided that there should be a census. A census is when they count all of the people that live in a particular land. They do that for the same reason we do that in our country, so that we can know who should be paying taxes. So you take a census of every person and I can and you can determine not just who should be paying taxes now, but when you mark up your children, I can determine when they're going to turn old enough to be to be paying taxes and you can run a government if you can forecast your finances. So this idea that they were going from house to house and people were rejecting the king and they didn't want the king and they kept the king out. And I don't know how many of you were taught that and how many of you understand it that way, but I just have to bust a few Bible myths so that we can really get to the crux of the text is that when, when they were, because there was a census happening, the census was not taken on the internet like you and I are able to take on the internet. The census was not just writing it in and mailing it in the way you and I can write our families in and mail them in. They had to leave where they were, go to where they were born, and, and be accounted for in the city that they were born in. And because of that, everybody was in somebody's house that had a room. Everybody that had a room was, the, it, it, it's, it's like having an Airbnb when Comic-Con happens. That makes sense. Y'all got it now? It's, a, it's like having an Airbnb when Comic-Con happens. You will make big bank. And because of that, it was not an indicator of how much money Joseph had or how much money. So isn't it funny how people can make a decision on you without having all the information about why you're making the decisions that you're making? You know, you know, you know, just because you didn't buy a big $150,000 car don't mean you don't have the money to buy it. You just don't prioritize it that way. But they're going to look at you for not buying it and say, she can't afford to have a car. And you're like, why did you get that I can't afford it when I just made a different decision? How did we get that Jesus all of a sudden was a broke and poor and was rejected by people that didn't even know he was the king yet? None of these people had any context. He was just another child that was coming, and, he, and, and Joseph was just another guy trying to hide what he did with his woman, and he don't want nobody to tell it. He's traveling. Y'all got to understand the story. He's traveling with a woman who's pregnant that he's claiming that he didn't get pregnant. And every time he shows up, watch this. They're going back to their home country, and they got to report their names, and she doesn't have his last name yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And wait, <laughs> I want you to bring, can I bring this on for a second? And that is the same Mary and Joseph that we sing songs about and you shout hallelujah about and you give God praise about, but you don't want to sit next to in church. I'm trying to help some of y'all in here. I'm trying to help you. There. I mean, you giving God the praise for baby Jesus that was born without a daddy. But, but if Mary was alive, you wouldn't let her sing on your praise and worship team. Uh, somebody shout availability. Now that don't mean go. Yeah. All right. That don't mean. But it's important that we understand 
how walking with God and the grace of God will make us all hypocrites if we don't understand the context of the way that God operates and the way that God moves, which means that what God expects from us in the journey of him is not our perfection, and it is not us making all the right decisions, and it is not checking all the boxes. Watch this. It is not even us perceiving who is what and who's good and who's not good. Our greatest gift that we can give God this Christmas season and for the rest of our lives is our availability to be used by him God is looking for people that are available he doesn't need more powerful people all of us have power he doesn't need people that are anointed everybody has an anointing he doesn't need people that have spiritual gifts everybody has a spiritual gifts but the problem with with the body of Christ and the issue with the body of Christ is that the powerful anointed and the and the and the spirit-filled people are not available and God is looking for individuals that are available. God gets more done with somebody that is willing to say, I am here, than he can with somebody that's, that's going to sit on the, on the pew with their legs crossed and say, I'm powerful, but I'm not available. Your lack of avail availability does not move the kingdom forward. And this is why God decided that I would come into the earth and I would put on flesh and I would make myself available to solve the problem that earth has right now. Sin was a problem. Somebody shout, it was a problem. All right, all right, let me, let's say that again. Say, it is a problem. Sin is a problem. It was a problem then, it's a problem right now. Let's put a period on that. We can go to the next topic. And Jesus looked at the, God looked at the world and said, there is a problem happening in the earth. And the people in the earth cannot solve the problem. The one that has the ability to solve the problem is in an unseen dimension doing God-like stuff. I'm just watching over planets and I'm watching over eons and I'm just making sure that, the, that I keep expanding the breath of existence so that no star will ever get to the end and no planet will ever touch the bounce, bounce off the wall of eternity. So I just keep expanding eternity. That's God-like stuff. I just keep naming stars. As my thoughts go, I give a star a name. Your Bible say that God has named every star and all the stars that we see, God has got a unique name for you know how long it took us just to name two children I mean we had names off the wall and names on the whiteboard and names on the and flip a coin on that name and if it's got a, the T is in the middle it means Christ uh, yeah, yeah we're going to use that We got, I mean all kinds of formulas to come up with two names God has a name for every star not only does he have a name for every star the Bible says he just sits around and numbers the hairs on your head he just, one hair one two three four that to who y'all missed that some of y'all too young for that but <laughs> Three. So uh, he numbers the name, just doing God-like things. God is doing God-like things. He's just holding back the enemy while he's numbering the names on y'all here. Y'all are not talking back to me. He's telling the raven, go ahead, give her $10. She's not going to, she's stressing and she ain't going to make it to rent this month. So just be a blessing. Go, go. Be a blessing. Uh, 3,000, 3,001, 3,002. And he's just doing God-like things. Y'all, you hearing what I'm saying? Oh, ocean, stop, stop. You're going to mess up the city. Go back, go back. Uh, 3,010, 3,011. Y'all, I wish I had some help in here. See, y'all think that God is busy focused on other things that he can't take care of you. The devil is a lie. God is the most proficient multitasker you will ever come across. That's why you got to praise him when you see other people being blessed. 
because he's still, because that doesn't mean he's not working out a blessing for you. And in the middle of him being God, he said, there's a problem called sin. And the issue with me being God and them having sin is that there cannot be a solution to the sin while the solution is up here. So he puts himself into a body and says, I'll go into the earth and I'll get into the earth and I will make myself, watch this, available to solve the problems that are happening on earth. Because there will be no solutions to a problem that you're unwilling to put your hands in. You will never solve your debt issue in your house if you don't open up the bills. All right, all right. You just, you, it just doesn't happen that way. You'll never solve the problems in your family if you don't have a discussion about the problem in your family without knocking over a table. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You will never confront, you will never solve a problem that you are unwilling to confront. And there must be an availability of body, an availability of mind, because sometimes problems are so enormous, you got to get your mind right to go deal with them. Have you ever, am I talking to anybody that, see, see, some of y'all don't, this is, some of y'all haven't lived life long enough, but there are problems that happen in your journey that you just want to emotionally avoid. You just want to, you want to shut that part off. God just, I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to have to talk about it. I just want to keep on moving with my married life and never deal with the fact that my husband's got a something, something on the side and I let him lay with me every night. I don't want to talk about it. It's too heavy. It bogs me down to even consider that this has to be solved in my life. Watch this. So I'll just carry the weight of silence. instead of lift the burden with my availability to solve the problem. How many of you understand that God created you to solve problems? God created, y'all are not talking back to me, but pastor, I got so many of them. You are the reason why you have so many of them because you are the answer to the problems. That, am I helping anybody in here? Why you got me in a crazy family? Cause you the answer. Why do you have me in this destitute situation? Because you're the answer. Why you got me around all of these negative people? Because you are the answer. And until the body of Christ sees that the church is God's answer in the earth with the power of Christ Jesus operating in us, we've got to get in more problems in 2020. So God says, I'll put on flesh and I'll come into the earth and I will make myself available. I'm not afraid of, I don't like sin, but I ain't afraid of sin. It's sin bothers me, but I'm not afraid of it. Sin wears me out, but I'm going to confront it. Sin messes with my nerves, but I'm going to be all about up in it because it will not go away. Sin is like an itch. If you don't scratch it, another place will start itching. Are you hearing what I'm trying to tell you? So God says, so Jesus says, I'm going to be available. He says, I'm going to be available. And I want you to see a couple of things about availability. Because as soon as Jesus decides that he's going to be available, he, the circumstances of his availability become problematic to people's sensibility. 
the problems of his avail the, the complications around his availability became became a, a, a complication to everything that would have to support it when he got here. He 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 has to now not for no reason to Joseph's own. Joseph was not a problem. Uh, it was God being God that was the problem Joseph was not the problem God being God was the problem God would have used Joseph and put Joseph into the conversation if Joseph did not carry the semen scene the sin gene that is carried in the semen of all men God would have used Joseph in the process the problem is is that men carry the semen and it is by the, the, the concept of theological understanding that the semen is what carries or transfers the gene of sin the sin gene through one person to the next person and this is how the Bible is able to say we are born and shaped in iniquity so we are because the genetic DNA of a spiritual thing is, is literally operating within our spiritual and physiological uh, and physical makeup which is why we don't live forever like God intended there is a consistent decrease of, of virality in our lives because sin exists not just because you're getting old do you realize that God meant for us to live forever? God meant for there to be walking around today. God meant for there to be some 1,900-year-old people in here. If God would have had his way, there would be somebody would be celebrating their 4,567th birthday today. Do you see what I'm saying? If God would have had his way. But with sin, sin brought the age, and that's what sin does. Sin just destroys everything it gets his hands on. So Jesus comes into the world to deal with the sin issue. Jesus comes into the world and makes himself available for the sin. But it complicates everything in Joseph's life because at this point, Joseph cannot be available for God's plan in the earth. But Mary can, and Mary now makes herself available by being Mary. She's, she wasn't anything special. Maybe that is a part of helping us understand the myth buster of Christ is that there was nothing special necessary about Mary. Mary was just like every other child. She was about a 17, 16, 17 year old girl uh, who was uh, getting ready to be married and she wanted to marry this guy named Joseph and all of this was critical and it was important because she was, there were thousands of 17 year old girls. There there were thousands of 17-year-old virgins. There was nothing special about this virgin that was different than any of the rest. God just saw that she was available. There doesn't have to be anything special about you. You don't have to orator with the, with, with the uh, eloquency of 45 or 46. You don't have to uh, 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 share and speak with the power of an MLK or a JFK. You don't have to do any of these things. All you have to do is allow yourself to be available to God. And the person that is available to God, God will use. And you can be like uh, Moses and not be eloquent of speech but be speaking all the time the Bible said Moses stuttered he wasn't eloquent of speech but he spoke all the time I want you to write this down in your notes because uh, as we are making ourselves available somebody shout I'm available as we are preparing ourselves to make ourselves available for God to use us I want you to I, there are a couple of things that I want you to keep in mind here I want you to add this before we start our our three points. I want you to add this down. I want you to think about this. I want you to think that we are ending a decade and I want you to think about the next 10 years as opposed to the past 10 years. Do you realize you just closed a decade? What did you just give your 20s to? 
What did you just give your 30s to? What did you just give your 40s to? What did you just give your 50s to? So while you're reviewing the back end of this year, don't just look at 2019. I want you to go all the way back 10 years from now and say, how did I spend the last decade of my life? And ask yourself, what will the next 10 years of my life look like? Because when January 1 cracks, I'm not just cracking a new year, I'm opening up a new decade. Somebody shout availability. Tell your neighbor, say, I'm available. In 2020, we're going to be available to God. You have to be available to God. But I want you to write this down. First and foremost, I want you to put this down. Don't forget faith. Don't forget faith. Repeat that after me. Say, don't forget faith. Before we can tell the Christmas story, you have to rewind the story. The reality of the way that God operates in this earth with believers is by faith. Somebody shout faith. Somebody shout faith. God operates by faith. Spiritual things operate by faith, not by flesh or blood. It is by faith. And if there's one thing that the church has to be careful with leaving behind in the formula of miracles is faith. Faith cannot be forgotten in the formula of the miraculous. There will be no miraculous where there is no faith. And God has identified us by our faith. That's why he calls us believers. You are a believer. What are you believing God for? And your belief in God, as it relates to your availability to God, what you believe for, you will open yourself up to be in the earth. One, one reason why many people are sorely uh, 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 shortcoming their destiny and not really walking in their purpose is because they never see themselves beyond their circumstance. And this is something that the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to see yourself as you currently are and not as God has spoken you to be. Faith doesn't, doesn't focus on where I am. It focuses on where I'm going. And if I'm walking in faith, I'm always acknowledging where I am but believing that I'm supposed to be where God told me to be. And faith is the thing that pulls you out of your now and drags you into your destiny and into your future. And the devil can take a lot of stuff in your now, but you cannot let him take your faith for your future. Am I helping anybody in here? You can't stop dreaming. You can't stop believing. You can't stop. This is what God said when he came up to the woman. He said, do you want to be made whole? He said, before I can do a miraculous thing, do you even see yourself whole? Do you even see yourself ha happy again? Do you see yourself made well again? Do you see yourself strong in body again? Or is this just going to be a religious exercise when you come to church? Come and thank me for helping you survive another day and then go back home and, and be committed to being sick and then come to church on Sunday and praise them for surviving another day then going home and being committed to being broken God says do you see yourself the way I see you I don't see you broken I see you whole I don't see you weak I see you powerful I don't see you muted I see you with a voice I need somebody to touch your neighbor and ask them how do you see yourself that's how I go to God in prayer. I go to God reminding him of what of the way he sees me. I go to my and I go in my own brain reminding myself of what God sees because life itself will make you think that God has forgotten you. But you've got to remind and rehearse the word of God over your life 
Y'all are not talking back to me in here. You've got to re rehearse it. God, you promised that I wouldn't always be in this wheelchair. God, you promised that I wouldn't always be heartbroken. God, you promised that I wouldn't be on medication my whole life. God, you promised that I wouldn't be single my whole life. God, I remember. I got. It's not happening right now, but I see a day when I do it. I see the dress that I'm going to buy. I see the home that we're going to live in. I see the neighborhood that we're going to raise our babies in. God, you have not forgotten. You have not. Y'all are not talking back to me. This One of the things that the enemy wants to rob you of is your ability to believe that there is a life for you that's greater than the life you're living. I wish I had some help in this house. God, God is looking for his faith, for people with faith. Somebody shout faith. He's looking for people that have faith and your power derives from your faith. You become impregnated once you believe. There can be no conception without there being a belief that this thing that I'm in can burst something. That even though I'm broken, I can burst something. Even though I broke, I can burst something. Even though I'm alone, I can burst something. Even though people don't understand me, I can burst something. Joseph did not get Mary because he realized that even though this isn't ideal we're about to burst something God I wish I had somebody in this house that would give God a praise because you can see yourself pregnant hey Basha. somebody tell your neighbor say I'm pregnant with a promise I'm pregnant with a... that is the wrong neighbor I need you to find somebody that can see what you see tell them I'm pregnant with a promise I'm pregnant with a business. I'm pregnant with a family. I'm pregnant with an idea. I'm pregnant with wholeness. I'm pregnant with a sound mind. I'm pregnant with a healthy body. I'm pregnant with friends that love me. I'm pregnant. Y'all are not talking back to me. It's in me. I just got to find a way to birth it out. It's in me. I got to find a way to get it out of this circumstance so that I can have it. There's no room here for me to have this baby. I got to go someplace else. There's no re there's rejection. I can't have it here, but I am. I'm pregnant you not having room for my gift doesn't mean I don't have one I wish somebody in this place will raise their voice and give God a shout T touch your neighbor say release your faith release your faith the just shall live by Y'all are not talking back to me in here. The just shall live by, the just shall live by. In 2020, that is gonna be true. It was true when he wrote it. It's true right now that the just shall live by faith. And God is looking for people that will stop looking at the facts and start looking at the promise. God, I wish I had some help. But pastor, you don't know how bad it is. What does that have to do with your promise? Huh? What? What's it? So I, I was driving. I was coming home from L.A. last night, and I was driving, and there was <laughs> there was an accident on the road. Y'all said there was an accident on the road, and uh, I'm thinking, wow, this is this is going to keep me from getting home to see my babies. You know, like when you first have babies, you can't wait to see the babies. Like, and everywhere you go, it's like the devil is pulling me away from my family. Like, no, y'all need a car. Go get it. You know? <laughs> so, I, so I'm coming home and I'm trying to get home and there's an accident on the road. And I'm thinking to myself, oh God, 
uh, this is going to take forever. So the traffic is heavy. And then we release from the traffic of the accident. And I'm driving and I can't make this up. Comes up on the little new deal we got. It gives all, it gives what the holdup to the traffic is. That's pretty cool, right? And it says animals on the road. I'm thinking like, like that's California. Like what is it? Like llamas? Like are we waiting on cows to pass? You know, like what in the world? I'm like animals on the road. What in the world is going on? I called my wife and I'm apologizing because I'm like, baby, I, I know I wanted to be home by this time. I said, but I can't, I can't make this up. I'm sending you a screenshot because she wasn't going to believe. Who was going to believe? You know what I mean? So I, so I sent her the screenshot. Okay, babe, listen, I promise you, the weirdest stuff is happening on this ride home. This was supposed to take an hour and 15 minutes. I'm already at two and a half right now. And I'm trying to get home and crazy things are happening. And she said, baby, everything is fine. Everybody's okay. Watch this. Why did I say that? I said that because what happens when it comes to faith is, is the devil tries to make you think that what's happening on the road is affecting where you're going ah my god today oh god uh, uh, the, the devil can bring uh, he can bring craziness in your life but he can't touch your destiny he can bring heartbreak in your life but he can't touch your future so i gotta focus on what won't move instead of focusing on what is moving so that god can get my availability Touch your neighbor say, focus on the future. Focus on the future. Focus on the future. This too shall pass. Somebody shout faith. Raise your faith in 2020. Raise your faith this Christmas season. Raise your faith. Start believing again. Put that ridiculous thing back in your mouth. Put that ridiculous thing back in your spirit. Put that ridiculous thing back in front of your friends. And if they can't handle it, then go find another inn to stay in. Oh, God. Number two, somebody shout number two. I want you to write this down. Prepare to protect. Prepare to protect. Prepare to protect. One, don't forget faith. The second thing to make yourself available to God is prepare to protect. Now, you got to understand how this happens is that when the baby Jesus is born, now Jesus and Mary, uh, uh, Joseph now takes his family home and the boy is born. He is born because he could not, because the baby could not wait for him and, uh, to find the perfect place for his wife and for them to birth the child. Jesus came and Joseph did not have the perfect situation for him to birth his child. Joseph uh, w was just like any good parent. He was looking for an end to be in. He was looking for a comfortable place to, to have this child. He was looking for a doula to be around when he had his baby. He was hoping that there would be midwives there. He was hoping his mom and his, and his dad would be around the arena when he had these children. He was just so excited. But what happened when it was time for him to birth is the circumstances were not conducive to the birthing of the children. And I want to tell some dreamers and some people that have a promise from God is that when God gets ready to release your promise, stop waiting for the perfect situation 
to birth what God put in your spirit. You are never going to have enough money. You are never going to have enough support. You are never going to have everybody say amen. If you are waiting for everybody to agree with you that you should marry that man or you should marry that woman, you are going to be waiting a long time because even though your mom and them say go ahead and marry him, your hating girlfriend is saying, I don't know. I don't know, girl. How you gonna be able to support all you trying to do? And you and there's always going to be somebody that is working against what God is trying. And you've got to birth it anyway. I don't understand it. Birth it anyway. But they talking bad. I birth it anyway. But we don't have the money. Birth it any. I wish I had some help in here. If you could afford it, you wouldn't need God for it. If you had all the support, why would you need to pray? If I would, am I helping anybody in this house? God messes up the circumstances so that when you birth it, your testimony will be, if it had not been for the Lord on my side. God help me in this house. I had this baby in a pig's trough. I had this baby in a, in a manger. I had this baby where the animals. How in the world can something from humble beginnings be so great? Well, it can happen when God is in the middle. Somebody slap your neighbor and tell him God is in the middle of your mess. You don't like it, but he's in the middle. It ain't comfortable, but he's in the middle. You, it, you hate it, but he's in the middle. But he's in the middle. And God's got a way of making you bless him for what you despise him for. I hate that I was born with no father in my life. And then you get older and you become amazing and bless people that don't have fathers. Now your testimony is I'm so grateful that God let me go the route I had to go. Before you start cursing God, maybe you ought to wait to see how the end is going to finish. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Somebody shall protect it. You got to protect it because if you birth it, now it's got to be protected. The thing that you birth is more vulnerable at the beginning than it is at any other time of your life. Most businesses fail in the first year, not in the 15th year because it builds systems to support itself just like you and I. When you birth something, you have to be ready to protect what it is that you birth. If you can believe that God wants you to walk in it and you got the audacity to birth in the earth what God put in your spirit to birth in the earth, now you better be ready to protect it. Don't you birth anything that you are not emotionally and psychologically ready to protect when it gets in this world, men. Don't bring anything into this earth that you are not willing to pay the price for to protect it. Jesus was born in the world, and the Bible says that Herod sent out some guys said to bring him back. I want to worship this Jesus. But the Bible says that Herod literally wanted to do Jesus harm because Jesus was a king, and he kept hearing about there being a king that is being born in the land. And Herod is like, but we are kings, and there's a king, and there cannot 
cannot be two kings in this land. I have to kill off one king so that I can remain a king. And, and Joseph, the Bible says, was visited by an angel. And the angel came to Joseph and said, take the child and move into another country because there's harm going to be done to the king. Well, why can't this king fight for himself? Because some dreams have to be nurtured before they, y'all are not... Uh, I know you wanted to come out operating the way you dreamt it, but you've got to nurture some things for it to be what you want it to be. Your marriage will be what you dreamt it to be around the fifth, sixth, seventh, tenth year, not in the... Y'all are not talking back to me in here. I want to talk to some mature folks that understand that you can't cook the turkey in 30 minutes. You don't make a good marriage in 15 minutes. Y'all are not talking back to me. You don't raise good children in the first six months. Y'all don't get, y'all ain't, after they done Googling and Gaga and you don't get to dip out and say I'm done and I don't want to be there. I, I wish I had some help in here. You don't get to start a business and then never show up to look at that business. If you birth it, you must be prepared to protect it and everything around you and it is your responsibility to protect what you have believed God for I'm preaching better than y'all are saying amen you believed it into the earth now you've got to believe to keep it in this earth you believed him that you can have that company now you've got to believe him that you can sustain that company who am I talking to in this house touch your neighbor and say protect it because in 2020, you are going to birth some stuff. Somebody shout, I'm birthing stuff. Tell your neighbor, say, I'm going to birth something. I'm going to birth something that God put in my heart. I'm going to walk in something God put in my spirit. I'm going to operate in something God put in my mind. I'm going to do that in 2020 if it's the only thing that I do. Now, I need you to understand something. I was listening uh, to a conversation about lions. Now, this is the thing about protection is that the, the infancy stage of anything that you birth is critical for you to protect it. So lions operate like this. Stay with me now. Lions are really wise animals. They will follow a herd of gazelles for miles before they attack one because the first thing they're looking for is not the youngest per se. They're actually looking for the mother who might be pregnant. The lion watches the herd and they'll just follow the herd for miles and he'll wait for the one that's pregnant. And he watches the one that's pregnant and the way he notices which, which gazelle is pregnant is not just by the belly size, but because eventually what she's carrying will make her start to slow down and separate from the pack. I'm preaching better than y'all are grabbing it because <laughs> you you wondering why you separating from the pack and you trying hard to keep up with everybody. Maybe it's because you're pregnant with something. And so, God, and sometimes you just got to let the pack go ahead and go because you're about to birth something. He watches who's heavy and who's laboring in their breath, who's struggling to get out what it is that's in their spirit, who feels like they just can't wait. And what the lion does is he doesn't attack them when you get, they get separated. He waits for them to go into birth. He waits for her to begin labor and to go into birth. And then he can get a two for one because she will not run while she is delivering. Y'all are not hearing what I'm trying to tell you. She will not. Now the Bible says that this Satan is like a roaring lion. 
He is seeking whom he may devour. This is why you've got to protect the promise that God gave you. If you're going to be available, you got to protect your availability because even Satan knows that you got something in your spirit. Even the devil knows that there is something that you're stewing on and you're birthing on and he's waiting for you to say yes to God and the moment you say yes to God, he's going to bring the temptations in your life. He'll bring the pain. Isn't it funny that as soon as you decide you're going to rededicate yourself to God that all the hell that Satan can bring in your life shows up in your life because he realizes that that man just made himself available to God and I've got to attack him but I know that there is a God that will cover you while you're birthing see what the elephant does that the gazelle doesn't do is when the elephant starts to give birth all the other elephants start to round themselves about I wish I had some help in here how many of you understand that God will send a legion of angels down to camp themselves about you to protect you in the infancy season but you've got to protect it with your prayer and protect it with your fasting and pray y'all are not talking back to me in here I, I was I, I learned this from some of the mothers we got so many new mothers here in our church right now and I learned this from some of the mothers when they were first birthed uh, and there's a particular family in particular and I try not to you know it, it, you know tell people whatever because I don't want their business out because they might not have wanted their business to be out but if it happened to you then you'll probably know who the family is and I'm just saying that uh, <laughs> that we had some similarities in our birthing but I'm gonna leave that away alone so what happens now is 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 I want to go and I want to hold the babies, the new babies. I want to hold the babies. And she says, um, go wash your hands. I wash my hands. No problem. I got that. No germs on the babies. She said, thank you, Pastor. Now, can you hold, hold on a second? I said, okay, no problem. I'm going to hold on to these babies, you know, while am I waiting to hold on to the babies. And she was, everybody starts to leave and everybody, and she says, Pastor, do you want to hold the baby now? I said, yeah, do I need to like wash my hands again or pay a toll or I mean, how, how is this supposed to happen? She said, no, 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 no. She said, everybody has to wash their hands. She said, but, but if I would have let you pick her up, more people would have wanted to pick her up. Watch this. And I don't want everybody's hands. <laughs> On my baby, y'all. I want to help somebody with a new promise. God said that you got to be careful who you let put their hands on what he promised you to have. I, I tell you, God wants you to have it. He wants you to be whole. He wants you to be made well. But he said, don't let everybody lay hands on what I promised you. Don't let everybody prophesy on what I promised you. Don't let everybody pray over what y'all are not talking back to me in this house. But they wasn't going to hurt your baby, but they come with stuff. Do you realize that people come with stuff that their good intentions didn't mean for them to put on you? They wanted to be as kind as everybody else, but when you got stuff, I get that whether you want me to have it or not. So no, you can't put your hands on what God has just birthed in my life. 
Jesus said, I want you to take the baby. I want you to move him over to another city. He said, because I don't want Herod's hands on my child. I don't want Herod, I don't want Herod questioning you and questioning my child. He said, on top of that, he said, I want you to understand that it is the belief that released this promise into the earth. It is the woman's, the fact that she had the audacity to believe that she could be used by me. And her believing that she could be used by God was no different than any other first century Jewish girl. Every person that was in the Jewish community in the first century believed and was hoping that God would endow them to carry the seed of the Messiah. Everyone, that is why everyone wanted to have a son child, a male child. And while they felt like they were barren or cursed if they had all girls and didn't have a male child. This was the issue that was surrounding them is that she was just like her thousands of Jewish girls that when she got pregnant it was please God I want to have the Messiah but God watch this now God honored the fact that she believed and she was pregnant because she believed and she gave birth to what she believed and there has to be a belief that I can before there can be a pregnancy and then there has to be a belief that I can manage what I, I birth into the world it's big in your head but manageable here on earth it's enormous in your spirit but when it gets to the earth God will help you manage that ginormous dream you've had in your spirit but pastor I don't want to be whole it's just like being whole and being healed it's such a drag it's going to be so hard for me I'm going to have to take medication and I'm going to have to go to physical therapy and I'm going to have to will do you want to be made whole or don't you God bursts an opportunity for you to be made whole he will give you the strength to get through the rehab to complete your wholeness In 2020, in 2020, somebody shout, I'm going to make myself available. Tell your neighbor, and I'm going to protect, I'm going to protect what God has given me. I want you to write this third thing down. Put this down in your notes. Number three, is this blessing anybody? All right, I'm almost out your space. I want you to write this down. Posture for purpose. Somebody shout, posture for purpose. Tell your other neighbors, say posture for purpose. There ha there, have you ever seen, have you ever seen, somebody be in a moment you ever witnessed somebody be in an urgent moment an urgent moment they're coming to haul your baby off to jail you ever, you ever witnessed somebody be in a moment of urgency I'm not, I'm not just talking about you know something to make you nervous I'm talking about a, a moment that, that pushes urgency forward they, they, somebody's got to make the decision to pull the plug it's a moment of urgency a moment of urgency a moment of urgency somebody's got to get down to the bank and put money in before they withdraw it or they gonna take their car a moment of urgency you ever you ever seen when was the last time you saw an urgent person uh, jo jollying around when was the last time you saw an urgent person with jokes on their lips? When was the last time you saw an urgent person waste time? When was the last time you saw an urgent person? When God gives you a promise and promise is being birthed, there has to now be a position, a posture of purpose. And that posture of purpose 
when they're getting ready to haul off your babies and that posture of purpose when they're getting ready to go in and do the heart surgery that posture of purpose is a purpose that say I don't have time to play around this is posture of purpose say I, I don't have time don't bring me nobody's gossip I don't have time for that don't I? hey you either gonna forgive me or you're not gonna forgive me but right now we're not gonna argue over the particulars of how we got here we gotta get out y'all are not talking back to me and one of the issues of why we're not birthing out things and they're not surviving is because when it gets here it's a toy to us and it's not something that is our purpose in the earth this season moving into your next 20 years uh, 10 years this next decade God is gonna give you you a posture for purpose he's not going to take away your joy but he's going to take away all the folly that's been happening in your life so you can focus on finishing what he promised you to finish y'all are not talking back in me but pastor I just want to laugh my way through life the devil is a lie he is robbing you of your peace he robbing you of your joy and your laughter is really just to keep you from crying so you're not fooling anybody don't nobody want to be as broke as you are don't nobody want to be as hurt as you are nobody wants to be as lonely as you are the devil is a lie he has made you think that smiling and being joyful and telling people that the joy of the Lord is my strength is going to get you through to your purpose the devil is a lie he told the prophet set your face like a flint he said stand up and look at me man to man and I wish I had some help in here tell your neighbor it's time for you to grow up it is time Y'all not the wrong neighbor, wrong neighbor. Tell your neighbor it's time for you to grow up. What are you going to do with that healing? What are you going to do with your marriage? What are you going to do with your body? What are you going to do with your mind? Time is running out. And while you're playing on your social media, wishing that somebody like you and somebody give you a thumbs up, the devil is stealing away your 30s and taking away your 40s. And y'all are not talking back to me. And robbing you of your late 60s and taking away the joy of what it means to be a senior. The devil is alive. My next 10 years will be my best 10 years in the... You ought to raise your voice and give God a shout. I said give God a shout. Watch this. At two years old, they were taking him and hiding him from Herod. At 12 years old, he was walking out of the tabernacle saying that I've got a plan bigger than all this nonsense y'all trying to take me through. And I've got to be about my father's business. It is time to make yourself available and be about your father's business. If that's you, raise your voice and give God a shout. I said give God a shout of praise. Give him a shout of praise. Stand to your feet. I'm almost, I'm done, I'm done. Stand to your feet. I need somebody to give your neighbor a high five real quick and tell him that my next 10 years will be my best 10 years. And I'm not going to wait till January 1st. I'm going to celebrate my Christmas. Uh, I'm going to use Christmas to celebrate my new beginning. I'm going to use Christmas to celebrate. Maybe that's why it's at 25. I want to use my Christmas to celebrate my new attitude and my new disposition and the way I'm going to go about my journey and my life. You can let this Christmas be your best Christmas in Jesus' name. Somebody give God a praise in this house. Give him a praise in this house. 
give him a praise in this house. Bless him. Take about 30 seconds in the balcony and give yourself the opportunity to see yourself where God called you and release your praise off of where you're going and not just where you are. In Jesus' name, I say raise your voice. I don't know why I feel this in my spirit, but I need you to grab somebody and tell somebody that can receive this. Just tell them you can have it again. You can have it again. You can have it again. Find somebody else and tell them you can have it again. You can have it again. There might be many things that you're going to lose in this journey, but God told me to tell you, you can have it again. Oh, God, I wish I had some help in here. There's going to be some people that's going to walk away from you in this journey, but God told me to tell you, you can have it again. I need somebody that can give God a praise because everything that he promised you, you might have felt like you lost it, but you can have it. Give him a shout of praise. I'm going to have good health again. I'm going to find love again. I'm going to find joy in my marriage again. I'm going to forgive again. I'm going to have happiness again. I need somebody to give God a praise because you will have it again. My God today. My God today. My God today. Lift those hands. Lift those hands. Lift those hands all over this building. Lift those hands. Lift those hands. My, my, my. Lift those hands. I know it might not be real spiritual, but I just want to tell y'all, this will be a very Merry Christmas. <laughs> I'm going to say that again. And this will be a very merry Christmas. This will be, it does, I, I don't know what you're going to have under your tree. If you even got a tree at all, I don't know. But this Christmas is going to be a very merry Christmas. God asked me yesterday, he said, when did you stop prophesying millionaires over your church? I said, God, I'm going to correct that tomorrow. So I prophesy millionaires in this house. Here by son. I millionaire. I I cast the net out there. I cast the net out there. I cast the net out there that God has shown it to people in this room. And there's not one shot, there's not one way to get there, but I prophesy that you will get there. I prophesy that you'll work and you'll have an idea and you'll have somebody to buy that idea and you'll project it and you'll multiply and you'll be able to scale it and God will send everything that you need in your life. But I speak that again. I will not dumb it down based on the circumstance. God promised me millionaires in the house that I pastor. And I speak over some of the lives of the people in this room that if you've got it to receive it, I dare you to receive that in Jesus' name. Receive that in Jesus' name. I prophesy, I, God promised me that this would be a house that would be a house of healing. I prophesy the miraculous for healing in this house again. 
I speak that over this house now in the name of Jesus. I speak it in this house in the name of Jesus that before we lay hands, people will start to be healed. People, their issues will start to dry up. Their situations will start to get better. In the worship, cancer will start to decrease. Weight will start to build up again. Atrophy will start to reverse in the name of Jesus. I need somebody to lift those hands and help me worship God. I prophesy, I prophesy, I prophesy. God promised me, he said that you're going to have a house of families. I prophesy families in this house. I prophesy healthy marriages, but I also prophesy families. Because some families won't necessarily have a marriage. But it is time for you to go get your sons and your daughters and remind them that you love them. It's time for you to connect with that wayward parent and remind them that you love them. While the atmosphere and the anointing for it to birth a new relationship in your house is over this house. Lift those hands. Lift those hands. Hosanna. Lift those hands. Lift those hands. Lift those hands. Lift those hands. God promised. He promised that there would be overflowing that there would not be enough seats to receive who God would send to this house. I prophesy over this house in the name of Jesus. I speak to my athletes and I speak to my homeless brothers and sisters and I speak to my single brothers and sisters and I speak to my affluent brothers and sisters. I command you in Jesus' name to come into the house of the Lord. Come and sit at his table. Receive the teaching from his table. Employ your life, empower your life by the word of God in the name of Jesus. I speak to every empty seat that it will be full again in the name of Jesus. And God is gonna use you to help make it happen in his house. Lift those hands and give God a shout if you can receive that. If you can receive that. I speak to every entrepreneur. Pastor, you talk about businesses so much because I'm an entrepreneur. And God gave me an anointing for people that start businesses and people that operate outside of the system to generate an idea or to generate wealth for themselves. I speak to every entrepreneur in this house. God told me that there would be entrepreneurs and we would carry an anointing for people that had business ideas. I want you to lift your hands if I'm talking to you, sir, ma'am. Lift those hands. I speak over your business idea now. I prophesy supernatural growth in 2020. I speak to your customer base that they'll start to flow to you now in the name of Jesus. If you can cry loud enough, everything that's anointed to you will start to drop. The Bible says that my sheep will know my voice. It's time for you to release your voice so that those that are called to you will start to draw to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I need my entrepreneurs to raise your voice and give God a shout of praise. Give God a shout of praise. That's it. Give God a shout of praise. Give God a shout of praise. How many of you feel this anointing in this house? How many of you can sense the presence of God? Listen, I'm, I'm giving you one more promise because God spoke over this house when I was anointed, when I was a consecrated bishop. And they consecrated this house 
for public policy and influence with politicians and politics. I speak over this house again that the anointing that rested on Daniel, who stood as a governor, the anointed that rested on Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, who had the ear of the king, the anointing that rested on Joseph, who was the second in command of all of the land, the anointing that rested on the, all of the old school prophets that had an ear to the king. I speak over this house again that we will cry and we will spare not. And those that make decisions in this city and decisions in this country, you better act like you believe it, will begin to respond to this house at 4999 in Jesus' name. You gotta see it first. I need you to see it and give God a praise. Give God a shout of praise. Rebasa. Give him a shout of praise. Give him a shout of praise. Give him a shout of praise. Listen, grab a hand. Grab a hand. Every head bowed, every eye closed. In two minutes, I'll listen to what I'm telling you. I want to give you a chance to say yes to Jesus. Maybe you're in this house and you're saying, you know what, Pastor? I have not made myself available to him. I've been taking his gifts. I've been receiving his blessings. But I really haven't made myself available to him. And by the Holy Ghost, God is telling me right now that there are some things that won't be released until you're available. That there are some things that won't be released until you're in service for him. There's some things that won't happen through your life until you have just said, yes, God, I give it to you. I surrender it to you. And today I want to talk to two groups of people. First, if you have not surrendered your life to Jesus, if you have not given your life to Jesus, or maybe you're saying, man, I need to rededicate my life to Jesus. And you feel that God is calling you right now. In five seconds, I'm going to give you a chance to meet me down here at this front. I'm going to give you five seconds to loose those hands and come to the front.